I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good Sunday morning to you. Rashini here along with Dr. Hilden. And it's everyone's favorite Sunday morning. It's our open line show on Healthy Matters. And Dr. Hilden, we already were getting texts and calls before the 7 o'clock hour. Yes, good morning, Rashini. Good morning, everybody. Uh, people are up on a Sunday morning. I wish I could say the same about myself. You know, I don't know if I'm not, it's no secret. I'm not a huge morning person, which is ironic because my show's on at seven in the morning. (laughs) But uh, uh, I have my cup of coffee. I can't wait to hear from listeners and uh, either through your phone calls or your texts. There's a lot going on in healthcare. Uh, I heard there's a little bug going around. We'll talk about that if people have questions about um, coronavirus, if you have questions about vaccines or anything else related to that, or perhaps you have a question about a different topic, and now is your chance to ask it about anything that's on your mind. Absolutely. And we usually do get a lot of COVID questions, even when it's not an open phones Sunday. So definitely bring those in. And as I always say, the phone and text lines are the same, 651-989-9226. I promise we will get to you if you call us. We will do our best to get to you if you text us. And just to give a little insight there, we get dozens of texts every Sunday. So I try to get to as many as I can. Sometimes we have to combine them. But a call is pretty much an assurance your question will get answered. 651-989-9226. Dr. Hilden, before we go to break, I want to ask you to share with people the resource line or online space that you have at Hennepin Healthcare for all things COVID. Yeah, thanks, Rashini. You, you, uh, get your pencils out, everybody. It's hennepinhealthcare.org, or maybe just can remember that. It's all one word, hennepinhealthcare.org. Right there on the front page is uh, all kinds of resources for you. Um, the very top thing is about how to get, uh, is everything you want to know about COVID, uh, and, and if it's not right there, it'll direct you elsewhere. And then you can scroll down and there's information about setting up appointments and you can go into the find a provider section and it'll, and it'll, any, any specialty of healthcare that you want, maybe you need a doctor and you're just looking for one. Maybe you want COVID information. Maybe you want information about something else. That's all at hennepinhealthcare.org. And as many people are doing, you might be a social media person, you can always follow me at my Twitter account. I hope you're already following Rashini's account. Mine is Dr. David Hilden. The Dr. is, it's all one together, Dr. David Hilden. The Dr. is for doctor, I think, or it might be my initials because... R is my middle initial. It's so, nice uh, when you get both. You get kind of that double whammy. Yeah, that. it does. It is kind of a double whammy. I think the intention was when I started that was to be Dr. David Hilden. So you can check it out there. Follow me on on Twitter and um, 
and uh, HennepinHealthcare.org for all your COVID and other information. And doctor, there are really a lot of misconceptions I'm finding. You know, I get questions, what I see every week when I'm with you on Healthy Matters. It seems like there are a lot of misconceptions. And before we go to break, this has already come up on the text screen. And that is, can a, a COVID vaccinated person get COVID? I feel like that question comes up all the time. Well, if you we don't know long term how long the vaccine protection is. But you can, nothing's perfect, and uh, vaccines are not perfect either, including these. There's no vaccine that is 100% guaranteed. But these vaccines appear to be highly effective. Some of the most effective vaccines we've yet seen of anything. Um, Maybe the most effective ones at all are like the measles vaccine. That thing just works. Um, But this is highly, highly effective. And and it's been found to be actually quite safe, this COVID vaccine. So it is your best bet at reducing your chances of getting COVID. It's not perfect, but it is really going to reduce your chances of getting it dramatically. So I can't think of any reason I would not get a COVID vaccine. This thing really does appear to be effective. Now, I know some people are a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about it. It's new and that's all legitimate. It's okay to be a little bit nervous about it. We're all nervous about a lot of things lately, frankly. But this is one that um, if, if you're nervous about it, learn about it, listen to this show, read about it. But I would encourage you then to go get it because it is the single best thing we will have for uh, slowing down and eventually fizzling out this pandemic. The virus needs firewood. It's like a, a forest fire. It needs firewood. And every time you get vaccinated, you are removing some of that fuel for this thing. If it has no one to spread to, it will fizzle out. That's why uh, getting the vaccine is so important. All right. Lots of texts, at least a dozen texts already. So I want to remind people, we will get to as many texts as we can. Call us. We promise we will get to you if you call us. 651-989-9226 is the number that gets you both the phone and the text line. When we come back, we'll chat with Dick from Fergus Falls. We are back on Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden, Rashini Rajkumar with you on this Sunday morning. Our open line show, call us with your questions, 651-989-9226. Dick, thanks for holding. You're calling in from Fergus Falls. What's your question? Good morning. A question about the effectiveness for an individual. If I get the vaccine and it is 95% effective, does that mean that I have a ninety or a 5% chance to have moderate or severe exposure to the virus at some point in the future? Specifically, exactly, what does 95% effective mean? Yeah, it's a good um, uh, point to make because um, the 95% number is data that is from the research trials for the vaccine. And uh, whenever a, a research trial is done, they have an outcome that they're looking for. And in this case, it was, did people who get the vaccine get sick as much as people who did not? And the answer was that, no, they didn't. And the reduction in your your sickness from COVID was 95%. So we use that term as that's the efficacy of the vaccine in the clinical trial. Now, we have to be clear that that does not mean that it's precisely 95% less likely to get sick. It was only in the, in the clinical trials. 
on the outcome they were looking for, which was did they get symptomatic COVID disease. In the real world, things are always a little bit different. Uh, people don't always, people who sign up for clinical trials probably behave differently than do the whole, the regular population. And so I, we can't say what is the exact number. We can't say that if you get this vaccine, you only have a 5% chance of getting bad COVID and disease. We can't say that. All we can say with some confidence, actually, is that you are way, way less likely to get serious COVID disease or even get it at all, get symptomatic disease at all. But it's a good question. The real world effectiveness over time is yet to be determined. Plus, we're not sure how long the immunity lasts. So what's maybe it lasts six months. And if that's the case, as your immunity wanes a little bit, that, that effectiveness rate changes. So it's hard to pinpoint an actual number, Dick, but I appreciate the question. Um, the main message is that it's still the best way to substantially reduce your risk, maybe by as much as 90, 95% of getting severe COVID disease. And in so doing, you will protect yourself and your family. All right, Chad is on the line from Hudson. Good morning, Chad. Yes, hello. Go ahead, go ahead. What's your question? Hi, Doc. Thanks for what you do for this country. We appreciate you. Um, my question is, uh, recently in July, mid-July, is diagnosed with blastomycosis, and I'm wondering if I'm moved up on the line for a vaccine because of the chances of getting in the lungs. Uh, the COVID in the lungs could... Um, damper things quite a bit from what I understand. Yeah, Chad, thanks for the kind words. Um, uh, you have an infection, that uh, a fungal-type infection, that does put you at some higher risk. Right now, I wish this were different, but right now it doesn't put you any higher on the vaccine list, but stay tuned for more because currently it's just people 65 years and older. That's who gets the vaccine. I think we need to be moving as fast as we possibly can to a more of a risk stratification approach where we take all the population and we look at really truly who's at the highest risk because there's plenty of 66-year-olds who are not at high, as high risk as, say, a 45-year-old with an underlying condition. So for now, just stay tuned. But as soon as it's available to you, you ought to be high on that list, Chad. All right, Dr. Hilden, this is coming in from a friend of the show, Pastor Jake, loyal listener. He says, hey, you two, I have a question. Some members of my congregation are concerned about the COVID-19, and there is a lot of misinformation about it. When can I, what can I do to help them get the correct information without sounding like I'm patronizing? Oh, that is such a great question, Pastor Jake. And A, I'm really glad you're trying to you know, be the shepherd of your congregation in, a, in that way. Um, and also to do it without being patronizing, because I've struggled with that as well. I've taken a few different approaches on my vaccine advice. I've, I've tried the approach, the sort of wagging your finger approach, and it doesn't work. Telling people, you need to get this vaccine for the good of the country doesn't work. Because you know what? We all want to do what's best for the good of the country, but that doesn't make us change our day-to-day -day behaviors very much. So what I tell people is that this vaccine did go through scientific rigor. It was not rushed in terms of the, the development of the vaccine. What has been rushed is the, ma the manufacturing of it, and that doesn't worry me at all. I mean, we're just trying to, we're ramping up manufacturing. So I tell people it's gone through a process and Here's the message I like to give. It is the best way to protect yourself and your family. And that is something that can people can relate to. If you want to protect your family and your immediate community, 
you do you get the vaccine. You get it for the people you live with. You get it for your loved ones. You get it for your congregation. It is sort of a community effort, but I try to make it more on a smaller level. It's not like do it for the whole country is in trouble. Do it so you can protect your family. I always feel like we have an extra blessing knowing that Pastor Jake is listening, Dr. Hilden. You got it. I love I love Pastor Jake. All right. Jim is calling from my Santee. Hi, Jim. Good morning, everybody. Say, uh, uh, I talked to a friend of mine yesterday, and I said, uh, he mentioned that he had a bad night because he had diarrhea all night. And I said, geez, I think that might be a, a symptom of, of the virus. I'll find out for you, I told him. And now that's why I'm calling. Well, uh, I'm glad you did call. And the the thing is, diarrhea is not one of the primary symptoms of COVID infection. I'm not saying it's a never event, but it would be way down on the list. So the biggest symptoms of COVID infection are a cough, a fever, uh, body aches and pains, and shortness of breath. Some people get loss of sense of taste and smell, um, like one in four or something like that. But cough, fever, uh, body aches. Diarrhea is possible, but way, way, way less likely. If someone has the only diarrhea, I would look for other causes. Maybe they got something to eat. Maybe they have a little bowel infection. Maybe something else. Let's go to Sheldon in St. Michael. Good morning, Sheldon. Good morning. Uh, I have psoriatic arthritis, and the doctor has been taking, among other things, prednisone, and my body has gained 20 pounds in the last two months. Is that common? Hi, Sheldon. Indeed, it is. Prednisone is an anti-inflammatory condition that is prescribed for a whole host of things. Um, uh, um, it's, I think I said condition. It's a medication that's prescribed for a whole host of things, including what you have. Uh, it, one of the side effects of all corticosteroids like prednisone is weight gain. It's generally a fluid kind of weight, and people get it all over the place. You get puffy in your face, your hands, your arms, all over the place. Very common side effect. So that's we try to minimize the dose and the duration of prednisone, but some people it's it's really um, life changing for the better. So talk to your rheumatologist about that, but it is very common that side effect. Right, it's Dan, not dangerous, but common. Doctor, related to that, another listener has that same condition as Sheldon and asks they're taking twenty five milligrams of meth, methotrexate weekly. Will the COVID vaccine be effective for this person? As far as we know, absolutely. Um, and we're, methotrexate, along with a lot of the medications for psoriatic arthritis or psoriasis, are immunosuppressive. And so we're not exactly sure how, how um, the effectiveness in that subgroup of people, but you are at higher risk of COVID infection if you're on immunosuppressants. So the vaccine is going to be good for you to, be, uh, to get as soon as you can. All right, so the phone lines are open, 651-989-9226. We have so many, so many texts coming in. This one is an interesting one, Doctor. How safe is it to use public bathrooms? Well, that, that's a larger question that even predates COVID, doesn't it? And I think um, uh, in the COVID world, uh, it is a little less safe than it was before. But public bathrooms are an issue for a number of reasons. It can be done safely, but just uh, what I would do is um, wash your hands. And, and it sounds like, well, that's obvious advice. But 
you'd be shocked at how many people don't wash your hands in public bathrooms. You should be doing that before COVID. If you're walking out of a public restroom and not washing your hands, that's a big ew. Come on. Let's let's all get on get with the program on that. Wash your hands. I love the and sound it, effect. Ew. That's an E W W W W, I think is how you pronounce that. You should always be doing that. Be and because there are there are germs that cause diarrhea and other things. So with COVID, double down on that effort. Wash your hands. Okay, we have lots of great questions coming in on both COVID and other topics. We will get to all of them plus your calls after the break. Give us a ring, 651-989-9226. Healthy Matters Open Phones continues after this. Rashini Rajkumar and Dr. David Hilden back with you this beautiful Sunday morning. A little cloudy, but it's warm where you are with us. Open phone Sunday on Healthy Matters, 651-989-9226. And Carol, girl, we got you back. She's calling from Forest Lake. How are you? I have uh, muscle spasms and trolley horses in my feet, starting from my toes all the way up to the groin, all night long. They are driving me crazy. I have peripheral neuropathy, and I take Lyrica for it. Are the two connected? Well, it could be, Carol, although I can't say for certain. What you have is very, very common, including with people without peripheral neuropathy. So um, the first things to do are, are rule out the things that are reversible. So get blood tests for anemia, vitamin B12 levels, um, uh, magnesium levels, calcium levels. Those are just kind of like standard blood tests um, that are worth doing. If those are all normal, uh, then I suggest doing things like making sure you get plenty of exercise and stretching, keeping your body moving. Um, The body isn't meant to sit around, so just don't exercise the minute before bed, but make sure you're getting daily exercise and stretching. There are um, things... A lot of people on this show over the 13 years on the air have suggested trying a teaspoon of mustard. I can't endorse that, but I can't say no because I love mustard, and a lot of people think it might help. And then you might have restless leg syndrome, which is worth a a visit to a sleep doctor or a neurologist. But your initial question, could it be due to the peripheral neuropathy? It's possible. I can't say for sure because peripheral neuropathies have so many different characteristics, but I'd see your neurologist about that one. So if you didn't like mustard, would you not feel good about that? Well, no, I think I'd still have to say, you know, people, this is one that has no medical science behind it that I'm aware of, but it has a ton of anecdotal stories from people. They say they swear by mustard. And you know what? That isn't going to hurt you. So if it helps, go for it. Yeah, and sometimes the psychological is half the battle. Tom is calling from Hamill. Good morning, Tom. What's your question? Oh, real quick. On COVID-19 on the nine pilot sites that they have here in the state of Minnesota, and the the event of somebody getting a severe reaction to uh, either the shot one or jab two, do they have like resuscitation units or EpiPens for anaphylactic shock or something other than a 10-minute ambulance ride where someone is um, gets a, a, a severe reaction? How is that handled? Do they have this equipment and personnel available? That's the question. As far as I... As far as I know, they do, um, because um, all the places that are vaccinating have expertise in giving vaccines. And if you're going to get one of those um, more severe reactions, it's going to happen in the first 10 or 15 minutes. And, and, and so as far as I know, every site that's giving these vaccines has the ability to deal with that. 
um, uh, and to deal with severe um, reactions. Those are very rare. Not unheard of, but very rare. I can't say with certainty, though, Tom. Uh, um, so before you go, if you're going to go to that, you might want to give a call if it's a concern to you. But I'm pretty sure that everybody who's giving the vaccines does have that ability. All right, Tom, another Tom, is calling from Star Prairie, Wisconsin. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. Does tinnitus or can tinnitus cause vertigo? Uh, it, they, it cause, not really, but they're associated. So tinnitus, or as some people say tinnitus is an inflammatory condition of, it's a thing in your ear where you hear a sound you don't, you're not expecting. Your ears are playing tricks in you. So it might be a buzzing, a ringing, a foghorn kind of sound, anything. It can be a sound that, that your body isn't, um, it's misinterpreting. It's usually due to um, presbycusis, which is, uh, that's the age-related hearing loss, but it can also be due to loud, loud noises um, in your life, rock concerts, firearms, serving in the military, occupational. Does it cause vertigo? Not necessarily, but if you, you, you might have both of them. You might have a ring in your, in your ears and a sense of vertigo. See an audiologist. That's what you should do. Go to an audiologist who will do hearing and vertigo tests at the same time, and they can help you out with that. All right, a really quick text, Doc. I have read that taking Tylenol or Advil prior to getting a COVID vaccine reduces the efficacy of the vaccine. Is this true? That is not known to be true. Uh, I would suggest you you don't take them if you if you don't need them. But if you have a little bit of a of fever, muscle aches afterwards, I think a Tylenol is okay. Uh, I don't think I would just go popping Advil pills uh, afterwards. Uh, but there's no data that it that it makes it any less effective. I think that that is not something they studied a ton. But there's that's pretty much one of those myths that's floating around out there. All right, folks, we have lots of calls and lots of texts. I want to get to all of you, so please keep your questions short if you're calling in. Mike is on the line from Grand Portage, Grand Portage. Mike, what's your question? Hello, doctor. Uh, my young friend has migraine headaches, and uh, is there, could you tell me, I was trying to help her, could you tell me what causes that and what is a cure and what could help her? Yeah, first of all, I wish I were up in Grand Portage right now. I love it up in your part of the state, Mike. Migraines are thought to be a neurovascular problem of the in your brain. In other words, the nerves and the, the and the blood vessels are interplaying with each other and causing you know uh, the blood vessels to constrict and dilate, and it can cause a pain. It's often on one side of the head, the left or the right, but it can be both. People who get migraine headaches can can get them um, every day, or they can get them once a year, um, often triggered by things, bright lights, stress, lack of sleep, certain foods, and sometimes they can't pick up the trigger. So it's very, very, very common. Do we know the cause exactly? And the answer to that is no, but there are loads of good treatments. If your primary care doctor is, can't help you out, Go to a neurologist, maybe a headache specialist. I know they have them in northern Minnesota. I don't know if they have them in Grand Portage, but they certainly do in Duluth. And so I see a, a neurologist for that. There are loads of things both to treat a migraine once you get it and also to prevent them if you're getting them often. All right. Jack is on the line from Jenkins, Minnesota. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. I have a question concerning my brother. He's uh, He's had a stroke. He's had a heart attack. He's getting treatment for... Um, uh, maintenance chemo for colon cancer, and he's borderline diabetic. Why wouldn't he be moved at the top of that list for a shot, Doc? He should. 
Well, you know what? He should be. He should be next. He should be the next one in line uh, because he does have those risk factors. And if we had enough of them, he would be next. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that the public health uh, experts around the state and the country get enough of this vaccine so he would be very high on the list. I, I would agree with you. All right. I want to go to the text line. We do have some more calls, but let's quickly get this text in. This listener says, I received an Alina email 15 days ago saying, We'll call soon to set up appointment for vaccine in February. No call yet. Should I also sign up for the vaccine lottery online? Well, I think, you know, I, I would. Uh, the, the lottery online is just a pilot project. People are saying, what's with that? There's not enough. Well, the state of Minnesota is doing their best with an extremely limited number of supplies. So whatever, the, whatever you think of the lottery system, it's just another way to try I know the big healthcare systems, including my own, are massively vaccinated people. I think we gave 2,000 vaccines to 65-year-olds yesterday, just yesterday. And so uh, uh, all the big healthcare systems are doing that. So keep, I would, your best bet is probably through your big healthcare system. If you go to a smaller clinic, hopefully they're getting their vaccine soon. But it, it won't hurt you to also sign up for the lottery system. All right. And a reminder, again, get your calls in and our, for our remaining segment after the break, 651-989-9226. Jeff is on the line from Minneapolis. Good morning, Jeff. Hello. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. You know, my question is, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have COVID and don't know they have it because they're asymptomatic, et cetera. Anyway, uh, would it be effective for them to get the COVID vaccine? Yes, it would. So even if you had COVID, we're still recommending the vaccine. Although if you had it within the last three months, mostly just not to use a dose that could go to somebody else. We're asking you maybe wait a few months. But everybody, even if you had COVID, should get the vaccine. And you are correct, Jeff. The the transmission is from people who don't know they have it. That is what makes this different than most other viruses. You just don't know you have it and you're still transmitting it. So everybody should be getting that vaccine. All right, a quick text for you, doctor. If our group of four couples have all been vaccinated, can we now safely gather in our homes? That's a really, um, that's the, maybe the most common question. And I always say that there is no, it's not like turning on a light switch or turning off a light switch and suddenly everything is safe. That being said, there are clearly levels of risk. And if you have, so we're telling people, keep wearing your masks, keep your social distancing, do that for, until we get most of the population vaccinated. That'll probably be this summer. That being said, if you are in a small group of people and you've all been vaccinated, I would still keep your distance. I wouldn't be right next to each other. I wouldn't have a long dinner over a table, but I think you can start to safely meet in small groups. I would say keep your masks on and keep across the room, but you can start doing that if everybody's been vaccinated and it's been a few weeks since they got the second dose. You need to, you're not immune until you get a few, a few weeks after the second dose. All right, we have to go to break. Uh, reminder, we have just one more segment with Dr. Hilden on Healthy Matters. Get your calls in, get your texts in, 651-989-9226. We are back. Rashini Rajkumar and Dr. David Hilden on Healthy Matters. Brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare. We're winding down our open line show, 651-989-9226. Jill is on the line from Hugo. Good morning, Jill. Hello. 
I was wondering if we know one vaccine is 94% and one is only 60, why doesn't our federal government find the best vaccine and have all of the companies manufacture that one best strong vaccine faster and more efficient? If one is better than the other. Well, that's a good, it's actually a really good idea, but it does have some downsides. First of all, that one vaccine, the Pfizer one and the Moderna one are roughly equivalent with that efficacy rate. They have a downside. The downside is they're exceptionally hard to handle. Um, you know, they need to be kept in a deep freezer that simply is impractical. Part of the reason the vaccines can't go out quickly enough is because the hospital systems have to know exactly how many people are walking in my door today so we only thaw out to room temperature the amount we need. You thaw it out, you must use it. So they can't, it's hard to do mass vaccinations with that thing. The second one is also it can't get shipped out to the rest of the world. And then the third thing is that we don't know. In the long run, it could be this one that's 70% effective is lasts for five years, whereas the 95% effective one lasts only a few months. So there's just not a lot that we know about all of them long term. So um, I think we need four, five, six different vaccines, and every one of them will have its place. One number I want to tell people if you're wondering about the vaccines, think of these numbers. 26 million people are infected with COVID-19 in this country. 420,000 of them have died. Roughly the same number of people have been vaccinated. 29 million people, zero, have died from their vaccine. So whatever the one we get, that is okay. It doesn't matter what the efficacy is. Whatever one they can get in your arm, that's still the one you want. All right. Connie is on the line from Blaine. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. I have a question about what the ingredients in the shot is. I have allergies to C-chlor and sulfa. Is there any way to know if those are in the shot? And I also have a number of other allergies that I did allergy shots for. So I have pretty severe allergies. I'm wondering if any of that will matter if I get the shot. Probably not. Um, you can go to those. There's websites or online. You can find out exactly what's in every vaccine. I don't know myself, but you can find out exactly. We are not finding, though, how that most people, even with allergies, it's been a problem. If you get, I would still encourage you to do your research, of course. I love it that you're doing your research, but I think you'll probably be able to get the vaccine anyway. All right, here's a great text question from Johnny. Good morning, doctor. What is the situation with COVID vaccine and the under 18 age group? So far, we don't, well, one of them, it's either the Moderna or the Pfizer one. I can't remember which. I think it's the Pfizer is down to age 16. The other is 18. Um, They are starting to do trials in teenagers and children. They are not the first ones to get those trials because they were not the ill ones, the sickest ones at first. But look for more on that. Right now, there's no vaccinating of, of kids under 16, that, right. but, but that'll come soon. This person says, thank you in all caps for your program, wondering if they're, well, they're taking prescribed antibiotics for recurring teeth inflammation and infection. Is it safe to receive the vaccine? Yes. So if you're on antibiotics, go ahead, get the vaccine. All right. We have more calls coming in. Daryl is on the line from Shoreview. Hello, Daryl. Hello. Yes. Uh, hi, Daryl. Hi. A question for clarification. You say that uh, people over 65 get vaccinated. I'm 80 years old. I try to contact my doctor's office or wherever, 
and they say that there's no information, no way to get vaccinated. Well, you certainly qualify. There is, there's no doubt whatsoever at age 80 that you should, you qualify. So the problem isn't whether or not you should get it. It's just whether or not your particular clinic or, or healthcare provider has any to give you. So it's a supply and demand thing. Minnesota, the state of Minnesota is getting 60,000 doses a week. There's five and a half million people in the state. You can do the math. There just aren't enough. That is a, a, a concern for our national government, um, that the fact, but it's not, it doesn't mean you shouldn't get one. Definitely you should get one as soon as you can get one. As right. soon as your clinic can get a hold of it, is what I guess I'm trying to say. So we have a couple minutes. Let's try to get through a lot of these texts. Uh, this person says uh, that they were they have the virus now. When they get vaccinated, do they have to wait 21 days? So if, if I'm understanding that right, if they have the virus, can you say it again, Roshini? Uh, let's see. If you've had the if you've had COVID, you can get the vaccine. If you've had any other vaccines, you need to wait. I don't know if okay. I answered that right. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. Yeah, that was. Um that was a little uh, not complete of a question there, but we tried. Okay, this person and kind of goes with what someone called in about. Why doesn't the federal government produce the one best vaccine? And isn't it partly, doctor, because these are private companies all over the globe that are doing this production? Yeah, that is true. We have a market-driven healthcare system. And so these vaccine companies are wonderful people. They're smart people, but they're also in a market-driven healthcare system. And, you know, the, the Pfizer vaccine was developed. It was invented by a Turkish couple living in Germany and produced by in conjunction with an American company, Pfizer. So it's a multinational situation. It's a it's just complicated, I think is best I can say. We need is every vaccine that every company can do. That's what we need. Okay, what we're going to try to do, and I'm going to ask this caller to be really quick because we really don't have much time, but I want to go to Fred from Sleepy Eye. Fred, if you can be really quick with your question, please. Well, I was just wondering, what's the um, extent of you? How long do you take that, Dr. No? I, I miss a, what is, say that again, Fred? It's a pill for prostate cancer. Yeah, I didn't hear the name. Extandy? Oh, um, uh, I would talk to your urologist about that one. I'm always a little bit hesitant to give too much specific advice on cancer treatments. Um, uh, make sure you talk to your uh, your um, urologist about it. I'm sorry, Fred, I can't give more specific about that. But prostate cancer, some of the medications you take for a year or two, some of them you take lifelong. And so I would just make sure you talk to your oncologist. All right, Dr. Hilden, I want to just sort of collapse a bunch of questions that came in about the after effects and some people saying the second shot is causing sort of more after effects. Can you comment on that? It is way more common to get um, some side effects from the vaccine after number two, after dose number two. Those effects are maybe a low-grade fever, body aches, maybe some chills. Um, that lasts usually just less than 24 hours. It is common. It is normal. It means your immune system is doing its job. You should not get respiratory infections. You won't get COVID. You cannot get COVID from the vaccine, but you can get an immune response Welcome it if you get it. Just say, my body's doing what it should do. If you get those symptoms, they will only last a day or two, and then you'll know that your body's working. All right, so there were literally dozens of texts we didn't get to. Dr. Hilden, please let people know how they can reach you when we're not on the air, either with their questions or uh, just some guidance. 
Yes, Roshini, you can check me out at Dr. David Hilden on Twitter, Dr. David Hilden. Follow me on Twitter. Go to myhealthymatters.org is the blog site, myhealthymatters.org. And um, next week, listen to us. We're going to have an Ask the Pediatrician show. Yes, I think that's going to be great. So get your questions in uh, even during the week at Dr. Hilden, Dr. David Hilden, or at Rashini R. And we will cover those next Sunday when we're back from 7 to 8. And as Dr. Hilden said, it's Ask the Pediatrician next week on Healthy Matters. Meantime, make this a very healthy week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 